poker's legendary champions, next generation stars, and tireless ambassadors of the game, sharing their wisdom and guiding your journey to high achievement on the green felt. This is Chasing Poker Greatness with your host, Brad Wilson. Welcome to today's show. As always, this is your host, the founder of ChasingPokerGreatness.com, Coach Brad Wilson. And today, I am very excited to welcome back to CPG one of my favorite human beings, both inside and outside the world of poker, the one and only Anton Wig. Anton's an EPT main event champ who's racked up over $9 million in combined live and online MTT caches and is currently the 15th ranked online MTT player in the world, according to Pocketfives.com. Beyond his poker talent, I find Anton to be an easy dude to look up to and the type of person we should all aspire to surround ourselves with so that we can ultimately become the best version of ourselves possible. And the man doesn't give many interviews, so the following conversation will be a rare treat indeed. In today's show with Anton Wig, you're going to learn how to make your poker study resonate with you so that it becomes more impactful and, dare I say, fun, what you can do when raw talent isn't getting the job done, a no-brainer path to improving your performance in this mind sport we all love, and much, much more. So without any further ado, it's an honor and pleasure to bring to you the inspirational Swede, who's an absolute beast on the green felt, the one and only Anton Wig. Anton, welcome back to the show, man. How you been? Thanks, Brad. I've been good. Been uh, busy. It's been a, it's been a very busy year, uh, you know. COVID comes and uh, sweeps us all to the virtual felt. And yeah, it's been a lot of opportunities and uh, it's been a really good year professionally, a little bit boring year. Uh, personally, you know, I, I, I like daydream about baselines every now and then. It's sitting in my room and closing my eyes and all of a sudden it's like... Poof, 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 poof. <laughs> so yeah, you know, looking forward to having a little bit of freedom. Right now I'm in... Uh, Stockholm, Sweden, uh, really close to uh, my home or my home for the past 10 years, up until two years ago when I moved to Vienna. So I'm in my old hoods and uh, Sweden is a little bit more, uh, let's call it progressive uh, with, their, with their politics and things are a little bit more open here than they are in Vienna, which is a nice change of pace. So I'm looking forward to seeing my friends and actually being able to eat at a restaurant. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, that's uh it, it's amazing how such a small thing like that is now so looked forward to kind of across the world of just hanging out with friends and going out to eat at a restaurant, right? It's something that like I mean, I I know I personally took it for granted, you know, my whole life just because it was a thing that I was always able to do, you know. Um and kind of going back to you being on the grind and playing a lot of poker. So tell me, in the, the time that we had our first conversation and today, I believe the first conversation, quarantine was just beginning. What's been going on? Like, what, what have you been up to? A lot, actually. I, uh, uh, I'm managing 
some people were, uh, you know, working with poker. So a lot of lab work, basically. You know, it's uh, I'm also starting up a small company on the side, which is very early days. But I'm I'm trying to get a hold of you know how to manage the startup, um, the, divide my time and resources that way. Uh, trying to get some poker in, and especially during scoop, obviously a lot of poker. Uh, so trying to balance that and kind of like just figuring out how to redirect energy to doing something like that. You know, like I generally play Sundays, Mondays, if I have day twos, maybe once uh, a week. So like keeping that three, two, three day uh, MTP grind uh, during my regular schedule and uh, doing scoop is like five, six days a week, you know, depending on how it goes. If you have day twos, that day off might not happen. And it was, uh, it was challenging, you know, like also I'm, for the first time, I think in my life, I'm like, shit, I'm not getting fucking younger. Like how hard I try, you know? Uh, and that's just something to, I guess, recalibrate towards and, and like be honest with how that feels. Because honestly, when school was done, I was exhausted. I was like, I just laid in my couch and like, didn't do shit just stared at the ceiling and like try to have my all those like tiny little micro tensions in my body just like have those ebb out and uh, go back to like my normal relaxed self uh which was uh yeah it was it was a it was a cool experience it was a good challenge and uh it was a overall a break-even series but i i consider it a personal victory so yeah. How how old are you, Anton? I'm uh, 33, turning 34 in August, so yeah. I'm not that old. Uh, You're not that old, but 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 it, but but old enough to to feel that thing, you know, like old enough to feel that thing where where the the body and the mind is like kind of saying like, okay, like you just need to do things a little bit more smooth out, you know, like you need to you can't just go go go, which is like. When, when you're young, you can just fucking go. You can do whatever. You can you can constantly overcome whatever is like being put in your way and you just walk through it, right? Like, oh, hangover. <laughs> what the fuck is that? Uh, and uh, yeah, it, it's it's good. It's it's good uh, recognizing those things and it's good to to recalibrate and to to see like push my limits a little bit and see what I'm what I can do, um, how I do it in the best way possible. Yeah, your ability to recover certainly goes down, at least in my experience, as we get older. Also feeling this sort of um, push to, like, I'm 37, so a few years older than you. And I just feel this push to, like, you know, I'm 13 years away from 50. And, like, what am I going to accomplish? And, like, there's, you know, a timeline that ends, right? Like, I can see, like, it's not that I'm at the end, but, like, I can see that it is coming, and so I feel this sense of urgency that like the shit that I want to do, I better start doing it right now. Else, if too much time passes, I'm never going to be able to do it. And that's a weird, it's a weird experience as a human being, just because, you know, in your 20s, it just feels like you've got forever and like you're, you're never going to slow down and everything's great. And then now I'm, you know, about to hit 40 and I'm starting to yeah, genuinely feel that sense of urgency. Yeah, and I think that's that's like a good lesson for for everyone, you know. Like, uh, I have a I have a good friend who's uh, 
uh, therapist. And uh, one day he's like, you know, like this kind of like really funny guy and always like a little bit on the dark side uh, of things, you know, like veering, veering left instead of right ever so slightly, you know, mm -hmm. uh, very sharp guy. And he comes to me one day and he's probably been out partying the whole weekend, you know, like he looks like shit. And he looks at me with his like little bit gloomy eyes, you know, but still that uh, fire in them. And he looks at me and he's like, Anton, do you think about death a lot? I'm like, <laughs> I'm just looking around. It's like a sunny day. I'm like, uh, I, I don't know. Like, I guess not. It's like, you should. It makes you do shit. It makes you do shit. <laughs> and, and it was, you know, like, it's one of those, like, fundamental truths, right? Like, I pride myself on living my life by these truths and, like, these concrete truths that you can't really dispute, right? And that was... That was one of them. And then like, I was already aware of it, but I wasn't aware of how unaware I was uh, in that. And it really made me think about it in, in a larger perspective. And it's, it's good. It's good to get that fire under your ass because you're an endless being. We're all going to die. And that's, that's his fact, right? And if you want to get something done, there's no time like right now to do it or preparing for the time when you might not be as agile or as mobile and uh, once that day comes if you prepare yourself you're gonna feel great if you don't you're gonna feel like shit and this is gonna be like i don't know i don't know how many people in pain i met through my life uh how many people that i met and you can feel that they have this like charismatic good energy but it's just like it's like something in the way and it's usually pain like the old guy at the post office that is like seems so fucking grumpy, but he also seems really nice. Like, what's going on with him? Yeah, of course, his back is like broken, right? So, yeah, I don't want to be in pain, and and I think that's uh, uh, that's something that's good to like stay ahead of, both emotionally, uh, you know, physically, all these things. If you if you're well prepared, then yeah, you can tackle those things. Yeah, I mean, it, it's something that like when you it, it, when you reach the point to where you need to be physically fit because you're in pain, it could be too late to get physically fit, right? Which is like kind of the the conundrum. It's like a, you know, a fire extinguisher in your house. Well, it's not very useful 99.999% of the time, but when it is useful, it's very, very useful, right? And I think our health is just another thing that we can kind of take for granted, especially as like, you know, when we're young, especially we take it for granted, but yeah, shit changes, man. Shit changes when you get older and we just have to sort of, we're, we're human beings are creatures of vision. So we need to plan ahead and use that vision to put ourselves in a good spot in the next, you know, 15, 20 years. Yeah. hundred percent. You mentioned messing with a startup. You mentioned managing a group of people in the lab. Is the lab thing poker related? Uh, yeah, you know, like everything is always evolving, right? You got to kind of evolve with it. And at some point in, uh, uh, in my progress or in my career, uh, I found myself in a spot where talent wasn't enough anymore. You know, like you just drive and talent didn't really like cut it anymore. People were catching up and the guys that I used to, you know, quote unquote, beat up on started beating up on me. You know, you get that little jab and little jab there and some 
kid from his basement in Ukraine comes in and he just fucking destroys you. Like <laughs> that's that's not the feeling that I wanted. So I looked for some like-minded people and uh, started putting in the work, you know, and and that grew to something that's really, you know, like uh, a very good thing professionally, socially, and uh, the more we do it, the better we get at get at doing it and uh, you know like i'm the i'm not the i'm not the argue arguably i'm not the solver guy you know like i'm not the guy who loves running scripts but i i do love like the i guess like the artistic side of solver work like interpreting things seeing bigger pictures seeing patterns and how things work like that really gets me gets me going uh so I think it's always good when you're working with people to see like what are my strengths and what are the other person's respective strengths and, and find a combination of that that really like takes you to a place where you have meaningful discussion where you solve problems and I think really like manage to do that. So as my role has developed, uh, I've gotten better at communication. I've gotten better at uh, seeing and tending to needs uh both personally and in terms of like structure and how things work uh so it's been a it's been a really good journey in that sense and fuck, like throughout covid if i didn't have my homies to hang out with and, and chat with and, and do the whole thing it would have been uh would have been tough honestly yeah yeah in in my community that I call Greatness Village on Slack, we do Poker Power Hour. So it's like a weekly hand session review, uh, just hand history review. And basically, I had the thought over the course of this pandemic that like, even if nobody got anything poker strategy wise from that hour that we spent together, just the hour of like community, fellowship, laughing, making jokes, making fun of each other, you know, that is worth its weight in gold in this time where we just don't communicate with a lot of people in the outside world. And we don't really have a community, right? Like it's that, that to me has been just a, a huge benefit. And you mentioned something too, that like, you're not the solver guy. You like seeing the big picture and that sort of doing that sort of thing. And I, I think it's just very important for the listener to internalize that like, if something doesn't resonate with you or you're not that great at it, it doesn't necessarily mean that like you need to just like bite the bullet and do it even if you hate it. Because I like, I think that's something that there's a word study and I have such a negative association with that word. I don't know why or when it happened, but I'm guessing like middle school or high school where it was like, just you need to study, you need to study, you need to study, you need to do this, you need to study. But it was never like, I get to study, right? It's like, you need to, you must do it so that you can perform well in this test. And so in poker, I've always had this like aversion to the word study. And so when people ask me like, how many hours do you study? I'm pretty honest in that, for a while, I didn't really study that much unless, you know, of course you count me reviewing my database and thinking deeply about the spots that I was in or talking to my friends for hours about different hands and different spots and all these different situations, which of course is study, right? Like that is learning. It's just, to me, that's more fun. And that's the way that I prefer to go about it. I'm not a script person. I'm not a Pio person. I'm not going to just sit at my computer for 10 hours running Pio Sims and analyzing them all by myself. That's just never going to be me. So 
find something that resonates with you so that you can study in a way that is impactful and makes sense? Well, I think I think I would like to like expand on that a little bit. I think it's I think it's good to push your your boundaries and, and stuff that you're not like super comfortable with, but that might not be your career. You know, like like there is that balance in between like doing things that you don't find thrilling, let's call it. And still like because it because that gives some type of self-confidence, you know, like I uh, if you're going to take a more concrete example, like I do, uh, I, I did this Wim Hof course, right? And five weeks in doing all the practices every day, the breathing tell exercises. Me, tell me about Wim, Wim Hof, because the listener may not know who Wim Hof is. He He's like this, um, I guess, like uh, guru man that found himself through healing his own trauma. Uh, his wife passed and uh, he had to find a way to like endure and, and started going on this like quest to, to, you know, go within himself and, and uh, found some pretty amazing places. Uh, he also likes to talk a lot, talks like so fucking much this guy, uh, <laughs> but he, but he's a, he's a very, very wonderful uh, individual human being. Uh, you know, very, very special in the way he he does things. And he's pushed himself like further than most people can even like dare to go. Yeah. Um, got, a, got a bunch so, of, and, oh, sorry. And the stuff, yeah, no worries. And then like, the thing is like his techniques work, right? Like I, since I started doing this type of stuff, I haven't been sick once. I have really high energy. It, it's very, uh, and it's permanent science as well. Like they, they've tested it, it works. Uh, so you get a higher, like better immune system, you get more energy, you can, you train your nervous system to not fire nervously, let's call it, you know, like you train your, you train your system by doing these exercises, like taking a cold shower and just like breathing into it. You teach your nervous system to not fire, uh, in a negative way. Uh, when you're in a stressful situation is that you learn to deal with stress and, and do that through your body is very, very powerful because it's like you can always feel your body and you feel that impact and you feel that, you know, like rush when the body just wants to like tense up and instead you try to lean into that feeling and uh, it's a really powerful exercise. So like five weeks in, the challenge is to do a 10-minute cold shower and which might not sound so bad, but I live in Vienna and it's like mountain water. So it's, you know, a few degrees Celsius. And I'm standing there in the shower first couple of minutes. It's all right. After three minutes, I'm like, all right, my ass is starting to hurt. After six minutes, I feel like my ass is going to fall off my ass. And I found myself like laughing hysterically like two or three times throughout those 10 minutes. And I step out of the shower. I did it. And I just look myself in the mirror and I'm like, you're crazy motherfucker. You know, like <laughs> who the, who the fuck does this shit? Like, this is, this is so like what you just did is so retarded and, and just gives you so much power, you know, like you, you persevere and you do something that you wasn't, you weren't comfortable with doing and that just elevates you It elevates you. And you know that you're capable of doing that stuff. Um, so, you know, maybe you don't want to be the, the lab guy. Maybe you don't want to be the guy running the scripts, but at least like push yourself enough to know that you can do it and you know how to do it. And that gives you that self-confidence that you don't then have to worry about that when you're talking about the rest of the work, 
which is which is you know like interpreting data and looking at data, spotting trends, and seeing like how does this work and like why is that doing that because it's just pure logic at the end of the day. Uh, if you can find people that bring different things to the table, it's much easier to see the the angles that you wouldn't have otherwise. Yeah, I mean, I, and I I agree hundred percent with you. I can do it right. Like it's a thing that I I can do. It's a skill that I have. <laughs> It's just not something that I look forward to doing. Um, and yeah, like, like you said, there's a lot of value in pushing yourself and seeing what you're made of and finding your limits. You know, um, a friend of mine, Adam Creek, he's Olympic gold medalist. That's his whole deal is like, find your limits. Like just once a week, go to the gym and just find out what you're made of. Like if you punch the heavy bag and you can do three rounds, just keep just go until you can't go anymore because there's a lot of value in realizing how often we sell ourselves short and how often we tell ourselves you can't do this when you totally can. It's just a matter of putting in the effort and the energy and fighting through the pain. Um, so yeah, definitely find your limits. I, I love Wim Hof. Could you go a little bit more in detail about the Wim Hof course? Because I'll expand a little bit on Wim Hof. You know, Wim has multiple Guinness Book of World Records for like underwater uh, or under ice swimming length, um, time spent submerged in ice. His nickname is the Iceman. I believe he tried to climb Mount Everest without a shirt on in like shoes. <laughs> like he's climbed a bunch of mountains like shirtless. He's just kind of from the outside looking in, he's kind of a crazy person, right? But I think that he he also gives he gives proof that like human beings are capable of doing such things when the reality is I think that without Wim Hof to look at, we would say that human beings are not capable of doing these things, but he shows us that they are and that you know we have we just have a lot more potential than we give ourselves credit for. Yeah, hundred percent. I mean, like, I'm not a I'm not a Wim Hof expert by any means. I I know a little bit about his past. Uh, I've taken the course, and I just find find him to be, like you said, one of these like very powerful individuals. You know, like the, there is they're few, they're not that few and far apart. But if you're looking at like the mass of mankind, they are kind of few and far apart. You know, like another person is like David Goggins. It's just one of those people. I every time I envision David Goggins, I just see him as like his legs came off. You know, like someone cut his legs off, and it's just like his upper body is like still there, and there's like some <laughs> wires coming out of it, and he's like fucking like coming towards you with ice picks, and he's like, you know, like oh, you fucked me up. I'm gonna get you. You know, stay hard. <laughs> yeah uh and and it's like it's so i don't know like surround yourself with people like this it's so it's so powerful because they they are that awesome and they really like allow that space to for you to be awesome as well and i think that's like bottom line uh something that we should always strive for you know like you're all what are all those sayings like you're only so good as your company or whatever like uh, like the weakest link in a team and all that type of stuff right but to surround yourself with people that elevate you in, in, in these ways is is really really powerful as long as you put in the effort right like it's not about not about them it's about you not disappointing yourself and uh, they they give, provide you with like a roadmap to to find that extra gear that you have but might not be willing to, to you know, clutch and put in unless, 
unless you're nudged or unless you're challenged to to do it. Yeah. Yeah, they're gonna make you feel uncomfortable. And most of the time that's where the growth is for us as human beings is going through that feeling of being uncomfortable. So the the course itself, I know that like Wim has a breathing technique and I believe that the listener can just Google that and find the the daily breathing technique. I believe it lasts like 10 minutes every evening, but what else is involved in the course? Is it a paid course? Uh, well, I, I took the course with my dad because he's in a risk group for COVID. He's a kidney transplant. He's had cancer. He has had uh, bypass surgery. Like I, I call him Robocop because he has so many spare parts. So when COVID hit, I wanted to make sure that my dad is in the best, best health possibility. Also had a couple of surgeries coming up. So we did this course on Zoom uh, every day together. And it includes breathing techniques. It includes some uh, body exercises that is, uh, you know, suspiciously like yoga. He uh, <laughs> does, doesn't really like to call it yoga because I think a lot of people are allergic to the word. Uh, I, I found so many times that once you say like workout and stretch and that type of thing, people are like, yeah, sure, I'll do that. And as soon as people say yoga, it's like, oh, no, 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 I'm not a spiritual person. It's like, really? Not a spiritual uh, person for somebody that thinks they're not a spiritual person. I just want to say, like, put it on the record that like, we are all spiritual people. And like, when we think of, you can't, you can't help it. It's, yeah. it's, it's your, it's your entire being. It's like you're, you're are in your spirit. Right. So, but, but I, I can see why people are like, you know, they have a perceived vision of what, what this is and the way that they've seen it is this kind of like, uh, Ugu like yeah, all these like suave, cool people that is like, whoa, yeah, he's going to go and like find your right, chi yeah. and all and all that type of stuff. But it's like at the end of the day, all these things are these very, very steadfast techniques of how to strengthen your body, how to become more flexible, how to use breathing in order to control your mind and your body and, and find that that mind-body connection that is like like that's that to me is spiritual. Like I, you know, like I, I'm not a very, let's call it spiritual person in that sense either, but I, I really feel like the power of the present moment and, and the power of like that I have inside of myself and the connectedness I have to things around me. And that to me is like spirituality. That's something that that's very direct and that affects my everyday life. And I can also form connections to other people and, and like finding that that thing to me is priceless you know so yeah. it's it like 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 we said before you know like if you're if you're afraid to push yourself to to do something that you're uncomfortable with you should probably do it like you should probably at least try it out if you haven't tried it out then it's kind of hard to have a conversation with someone that didn't really like go one way or another they just like stayed in that comfort zone right because you can't really like relate to it. Like if someone at least gave in, gave the effort and said, this isn't for me. Like I would like to do things this way. Cool. You know, like to each their own. That's, that's not a problem for me, but most people dismiss ideas uh, out of sheer, I, I hate the word ignorance, but out of sheer laziness, let's call it, you know, 
like it's just this a perfect way of saying like oh this is not for me because i decided it is and and but you didn't even have any information to make that decision and now you're just being judgmental yeah you're you're you keep yourself small and like like when i hear the word spirit i i think about just my consciousness right like the food that i like the things that i love doing you know like that's what like I had a course called the elite program and we had three blocks every single day. Uh, it was a course that was tailored to increase volume in my, the professional players that are in my community. And basically the three blocks were physical, mental, and spiritual. And funny enough, the spiritual block, everybody had a pro the, the largest problem with because it felt like kind of nebulous, right? Like how do I have a spiritual block? But the only instructions for the spiritual block is like, do something that's fun <laughs> or do something that you enjoy doing. Like whether it's like reading a fiction book, uh, you know, going on a walk, it could be serving another human being, right? Like this was, th these are the tasks that I would give out if somebody like fails their spiritual block over and over. Like the task would be, okay, go buy a meal find a homeless person and give them the meal, right? Something that like, basically that is good for your spirit that makes you feel like you're living a fulfilling existence. And I think that like, it's just so important that we do things for our spirit on a daily basis, just because that's the point of life. Like we are consciousness, we are awareness, we're navigating, experiencing things in this world. And like, doing things without taking care of your inner self is just like, it's just contrary to the whole point of being here, in my opinion. I completely agree. And and like for anyone that wants to kind of dive into this a little bit deeper, there is a great audiobook from uh, George Mumford. It's called The Mindful Athlete, but it's not the actual like The Mindful Athlete book. That he that he's done. Uh, for those of you that don't know George Mumford, he's a performance coach, uh, Buddhist. He has overcome addiction and uh, has coached, you know, uh, Chicago Bulls with Michael Jordan, LA Lakers with Kobe. Like you know, like he's worked with all these high-profile, especially in basketball, uh, teams and and individuals, uh, and you know forced upon them a little bit of spirituality and and what happened like i'm not gonna i'm not gonna spoil like what happens because it's it's an amazing like story and journey and uh he also provides a lot of wisdom and the things he talks about are also very concrete techniques of, like uh, you know if nothing else like try to smile three times a day you know like just find that that one moment where he's like all oh, right smile and and you smile you know like that in itself is uh, something extremely powerful uh, to do for yourself and and in in turn for others. Because if you're a more pleasant human being, then you're also going to be more pleasant to be with. So, like all this work that I that I do with my own uh, spiritual development, I at the at the first stage I do for myself, but then in turn I see how that reflects on others and how much more pleasant I am to be around I'm becoming a better listener I'm becoming a better brother spouse you know like all these things that are uh, gives a good quality of life not only for myself but, uh, but to people around so you know uh, anyways back to back to George uh, this 
one hour audiobook is amazing and it talks a lot about these like concrete techniques that you can do to uh, manifest a stronger spirituality and it's not hard you know like if you want hard then then try waking up and do like the intro course and waking up like that's how that's how I got uh, to my next level like I was I was treading water a little bit uh, spiritually and I found I tried all the apps, you know, I tried Headspace, I tried 10% Happier, that's actually where I found George Monford. I tried, I tried all of them, you know, and then I found this one app and it was painful. Like, you know, a couple, like a few days were easy. I breezed through it and then I hit some type of roadblock. I was in France and in Cannes playing some tournaments. And I was like the only one of few Europeans there. A lot of my homies weren't there. I had a lot of time to myself, and I was like, "All right, good opportunity to like do this, right?" So I'm sitting on my balcony, and like, you know, I'm on day five or something, and I just found this like it was so hard to sit down and be still for ten minutes. You know, like I, I, I really had to. It was like going to the gym that day when you really don't want to, and and I did it. I did it for a few days. It was really tough for a few days and at some point it's just like it was just something it was like when you have this old house and you're always banging your head or your foot in that like crevice or like that, that thing in the door and you always hit it right and all of a sudden I didn't hit it anymore and it was like fuck like that's great like I, I now have this feeling of I see it, you know, like I see when that thing is approaching and I automatically lift my foot under it or duck under it. Um, and that shit is invaluable, you know, like it makes my everyday experience so much better. And, and it like, there's no going back from that either. Like I used to like got myself to the next level and, and uh, just in my mind. And, and that, that wouldn't have happened if I didn't push through those tough days you know like that's really when i felt like it was like the door just opened you know and you mentioned the is it the waking up app with sam harris yeah yeah sam harris uh fantastically well-crafted app uh really gives you a lot of different techniques to to be mindful and, and stay in the moment and uh you know, like I, I, I never want to be the guy who gives away like the goodies of a book because I think it's for everyone to discover, and I think everyone has a different connotation, a different feeling tone to to how they will interpret that type of thing. But I talk to a lot of smart people in my work. I met a lot of people that are like very senior. I I do uh, coaching with a few people, and every time I mention waking up, they're like, yeah, yeah, I'm on that too. You know, <laughs> so. It's it's really certified. Uh, you know, if you want a free month, just hit me up on Twitter, uh, Anton underscore W I G G. I don't know why I put the underscore there, but uh, just reach out to me on Twitter, and I'll send you a free app or like a free month of it. I usually I post every now and then on there as well, so that people can just get that free month. You know, try it out and see. Maybe it's for you. Maybe it will actually change your life to get to that next. Like at least not bang your head. <laughs> right. And I mean, something that's such a minimal investment of, you know, just energy and time is always worthy of experimentation and trying. Right. And I would, I would actually challenge the listener to not ask for a free month, pay for your free, pay for the first month, because I just know that there's 
we typically do things that we pay for and we're much less likely to do something if we get it for free. So like pay the, I, I don't know how much it, it could possibly be, but like $7, $9, whatever it is, it, it's not going to be that expensive. But if you pay for it, you're much more likely to follow through. And, you know, you mentioned uh, just kind of like seeing the crevice. It, it's almost like you're be, being, you're more proactive than reactive, right? You kind of see things coming. You you expand your awareness to where you can see things coming before they actually happen. Uh, I know that I just had uh, Andrew Andrew Lichtenberger on because I Chewy, been, yeah, I had Chewy like, on. Yeah. I've been pronouncing his name incorrectly forever by <laughs> making it Lichtenberger, but he doesn't care. But the one thing that's always so impressive about Chewy is just how present and in the moment he is. Like in our in our interactions together, he's just like there. And like in tune with the moment, it's almost intimidating somebody that's just so just laser focused on what they're doing um, and so calm and chill and non-reactive. And it's just very, very impressive to me. And yeah, I'm getting that same kind of chill, breezy vibe from you today where it's like, you know, let's just have a nice conversation and answer questions and go where it takes us. And like... I just value that. I, I think it's just a great trait in human beings. Well, thank you so much. That's uh, it's quite a compliment to be compared to to Chewy. He's a old friend of mine. We were in contact. We have a, we're in cahoots and and <laughs> doing something that we will be discussing post scoop. And yeah, you know, like he's a very powerful individual, and and he has that, you know like superstar quality let's call it right like he is a very good natural meditator and and something that comes up in in uh, you know george mumford is always full of praise for for jordan because he's like he he has that natural talent and and the way that they work together was a lot like he said it like he was explaining to others the language that jordan was talking and and that was like that's such a powerful statement right like someone is a good natural meditator and now he doesn't know how to give that to others and then they find someone that can like translate how he perceives reality all the time and translate that to his team that he's working with and like finding that interpreter that can that can really like uh, communicate that to others it's uh yeah it's a it's a really cool thing and just just to just to wrap up the the mindfulness thing, like or you know, like we're never gonna wrap it up, right? But <laughs> uh, just to kind of like close the close the book on my recommendation on that part is that if you think of it this way, like everything you do in every moment of your waking life and your REM sleep and like you know your entire existence goes through your mind like one way or another there's no way around it right like you have to filter this through your lens uh through your mind and you have to experience it one way or another and if you can find that disposition where outflow and inflow kind of like balances and you're treading in the moment type of thing like you are there and the investment is something as minuscule as like 10 minutes a day you know, like, I don't know how I can make a better sell for it 
you know, like I'm in the I'm in the business of like I want everyone to be happy and and uh, to uh, live the, live their like best lives because that makes me happy in turn. So like at the end of the day, it's like kind of a selfish wish. But if you can invest those like ten minutes a day and and make your experience like your overall experience just a few percent better like that's a that's a really worthwhile investment so whether you want the app for free or not like just saying that like i want better for myself and and following through on it there's nothing like doing it you know like there's and you know maybe maybe the way that they're doing it is not for you but maybe that leads you like maybe that leads you to uh to acknowledging something else or a different path so you might not like continue with like a traditional practice of mindfulness and breathing and that type of thing but it might end you up somewhere else that is also better so you know uh but if you if you don't do anything like nothing is going to happen you know right so. and this is something that i i was telling my wife the other day about just with my business it it was she was wondering whether or not she should buy a course. And I told her just buy it. Because what I've learned about course building is that a, they're mostly always underpriced for the value that you get. And B, even if you you only dive in deep and do one out of like 10 courses that you buy, it's still going to be more valuable than what you paid for all 10 courses. So like, I was just like, just do it. Because I know that like, when we get around to doing the course, if we never do the course, that's fine, but we will do one of them. And when we do one of them, it just, they just all pay for themselves. So like just always try to experiment and learn and grow. And it's just part of the process. And, you know, like you said, maybe waking up doesn't do it for you, but it could lead you to trying something else that does do it for you. And so the whole point is to just keep trying things um, and experimenting and learning until something resonates with you. And then it changes your life. And that's kind of, that's kind of the point, right? Um, And it's fucking priceless, right? Like literally priceless. I have a guy that I work with and we're having this conversation the other day and we're talking about like, value of things and and how much you would pay for or how much we would pay for for you know like developing ourselves or learning new skills and and he said i would in a heartbeat give up all the money that i have to to acquire skills because those are things i can keep and and money is just convenient you know so and that to me was such a powerful statement because he's a very very successful person uh and he's just the way he is in the world is like this, you know, like he has this growth mindset and there's just no way to, to like stop that because he is constantly tries, does, uh, puts in the effort, puts in the work. And, and it's really inspiring to, to see that. And to also see someone like that saying like, you know, like what it like explaining to you what his view of value is and how that has turned him, into such a successful person just by having that mindset like that growth mindset and then things the other things come uh, as a as a byproduct of, of that so let's play a little hypothetical game here so yes i love games let's go if, if your friend lost everything of 
uh, monetary value. So all the money that he had, what kind of odds would you, what kind of odds would you give that he gains all of it back and most likely more over say five years? A hundred percent. I mean, like, like, okay, not a hundred percent because you always have those, <laughs> you know, like there's always pitfalls for like, no matter how great you are. Uh, I think it's like a good thing to always humble yourself and, and see that like, no matter how strong minded you are, you can fail. And, yeah. and that's something that kind of keeps you from failure, but like, okay, like 99%. Bet. If it's you a know, bet, like, you're like 50 to one, like what, what odds would you lay? I mean, like I would, I would give him a, 95% plus chance of, of making it all back and like more so, you know, right. and, 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 and also, and also come out as a stronger individual at the end of it. He's being like, yeah, I just did it. You know, like there was no option for me to, to do anything else. I just had to restart. And that's something I pride myself on, you know, like I've, I've been a lot of places. I've been through a lot of swings in my career both like personally and uh, as a professional, but I never lost that, that sense of like, I want to uh, continue to expand and develop and, and have like clear, maybe not so clear goals, but like dreams, you know, like I fucking love this Tory Lane song, like to dream, you know, like it's one of those that you just, uh, just all I had to do was dream baby. Right. <laughs> Like if, if you can envision it in your mind's eye, there's nothing that says that you can't go there. But if you can't dream, then then it's almost impossible to get there. You know? Exactly. And, and yeah. most things, like when you really bear down and give everything you got, at the end of the day, end up being easier than you thought it would be. We just have this sort of way of building things up and like you just have to take the first step and then you have to be uncomfortable and then you have to battle through and then eventually you get there. But like that's the path. In a world where a fish dog bets the flop and you don't know what to do, one man Coach Brad Wilson has a surefire plan to neutralize flop leads and rip that dunk to shreds. Nuffle. Available now. Go to chasingpokergreatness.com slash Nuffle. Rated R. Segwaying to some of the some of the questions <laughs> that I had prepared before we went off on the, <laughs> the Wim Hof. I mean, obviously very worthy of conversation. This is the stuff that like I love talking about and thinking about just on a very personal level. Um, Me too, bro. And, and I'm always like, uh, one, one other uh, good friend of mine that I, that I work closely with, he, he said to me one day, he's like, bro, like, I can just drop everything. I can drop everything and just like have a philosophical conversation and everything else is just like blanked out, you know, like, yeah. And I really like, I love that fact about him. And, and I think it's like, you know, you and I are, are on the same wavelength with that. that it's like, well, you strike something that, that really like matters and that, that is interesting to talk about. And, and that is kind of like eternal in a sense. And, and those things are like, yeah, it's, that's the, that's the stuff. That's what well, life is made of. So I appreciate that. That's, that's why I love coming here as well. So I love talking to you. I mean, I, I think as poker players, we're naturally curious about 
all this stuff and our existence and like why we do the things we do, why we think the way that we think and why we're afraid to do something and all of this stuff. Like we're just, it's this blessing and a curse that we just have so much curiosity that like, yeah, we can just drop everything at, at the drop of a hat to have a philosophical conversation. And yeah, I, I love having them too. Obviously, <laughs> this is probably why I have the podcast and enjoy doing it so much. Um, yeah, have, have you have you seen uh, have you seen Waking Life? I have. Yeah, Richard like Linklater. The, the, yeah, this really reminds me of that that scene when they're sitting on a porch and they're having a conversation and they're saying like, "Let's just." The guy says, "The guy that he's like interviewing in the stream, right?" He's saying like, "Let's have a moment." You know, like, let's have a moment, you and I. And then in that moment, you see this, like, since it's like this layer of like kind of psychedelic cartoonish, like uh, art on top of the individuals that are, that are in the, that are the characters, like his being is just changing. Like as they're in this moment, there's like kind of like his hair starts waving and like that that's like that's experience you know like that's experience of reality and then they have a conversation about it uh, after the fact and like and he says like it's one of the things i appreciate about you that we can like we can have that you know we can have that uh, interaction we can have that moment and and not like shy away from it or like be present enough to go in and out of it and uh, and that that shit is that shit is what i live for you know like that's uh that makes me happy yeah. Um, so, to the questions, <laughs> to the to the questions, you 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 brought up Richard Linklater, who's like one of my favorite directors. He he made uh, Boy. Actually, did he make no? Uh, did he make Boy? I'm not. Anyway, he made he made he did, and and like uh, one of my favorite also- movies of the last, past few years is uh, Everybody Wants Some, which I think kind of flew under the radar. It's about a college baseball team, and like the weekend before school starts, set in the '80s, and then Days and Confused was the '70s, right? Uh, that that he came out with. So I'm really hoping for a '90s Richard Linklater movie because like that's my decade. Um, but the you know Everybody Wants Some is just so so freaking good so for the listener if you want to watch a movie that's just a good time and food for the spirit i highly suggest that one uh okay Hmm. now yeah you have to you have to send me a link to that one as well because that's through under my radar as well so my my what i think is going to happen is we're just going to keep trying to move on to the poker but then we're going to i'm going to suck us back into something else (laughs) and we're not going to talk about poker the whole time or any of it um that's fair what would you say if you could nail it down to one thing, maybe two things, what would you say is your poker superpower? Well, I think, I think it is that I'm a, I'm a big picture guy. Like I, I, if I'm, if I'm going to, I guess I'm going to go about this a little bit of a, a longer route because I think it, it like takes some background to, to like see why my mind works in a certain way. And something that I've considered a fair amount so like i come from a untraditional background like i went to waldorf school uh so like rudolf steiner teaching preschool type of thing we have no idea what that means (laughs) yeah yeah it's it's a it's um think montessori but more uh hippie-esque okay got it yeah so 
in school, the way we were taught were just, we're not just like, um, here's your book and here's what you're going to learn. Uh, instead, we got to go to a place. We got to see how you craft a book. We got to like make our book ourselves. We got to color in, like not even like color in. We just need had to like got to use colors to to make our own pictures when we're following along with storylines, when we're listening to things, and as you learn um, to write, we got to do that as well. So like we got to create our own teaching books. So you really have to like stay present in order to like not fuck up your book. Like you don't want to fuck up your story, right? <laughs> right. Um, and I think that process, you know, like there, there's there's a lot of really like there's a lot of things that I I look back and I'm like, oh, those things could have been better in terms of like structure, in terms of like more like fundamental teaching of like how some other things work, but in terms of like creative process and in terms of uh, doing it yourself and and like like i said like stay in that moment and doing it uh i think it was invaluable and i think that has led me to think of processes in a in a bit of a different way you know like i i like to color in the book myself i like to investigate like where is this going and like how is how is this turning and then i have other friends that are really good with just like pinpointing the one point where it's like this node leads here and there. And I'm like more painting with a bigger brush, so to speak. And with practice, that brush gets finer and finer. You know, like it's like any creative process, you need to practice to make it good. So my learning process is not like that super rapid. Like I just, you know, con like constantly get uh, the concept right away, but with a little bit of time, and it usually comes at a time when I'm like not doing other stuff, or I'm when I'm like enjoying my time, or when I'm with friends, and something just pops in my head, and it's just like clicks. And therefore, instead of like going to do a test and just like inserting information, uh, and then forgetting all about it, which is you know retention. It's like uh, I'm still pissed that no one told me how my memory works until, you know, like until I found poker and a few years in, I'm like, I saw this video series and run it once by this guy, Kieran Harris, and it's called applications of psychology. And one of them is memory. And he has this like very graphic way of like explaining how your memory works and like short-term memory, long-term memory, storage, all that type of stuff. And I was like, motherfucker, like, Maybe I can't say that on the radio, but or you, you like can, air, you but, can. It's totally right, acceptable. Cool. <laughs> yeah. So, so I was like, "Motherfucker! Like, why did no one tell me this? Like, how come this wasn't part of my education? Because in school, after like fourth grade, we're still going back to like a more normalized school system because you know there are laws and rules of how you're supposed to carry school in in Sweden. So you have to like pass national tests uh, in order to measure. Uh, knowledge and see the so that everyone is like caught up to speed on the most important topics and that type of thing i'm like wow like if someone would have explained this to me a lot easier a lot earlier i could have been a lot more faster at like integrating uh like facts and years and dates and you know how fast the ball rolls down a hill before it hits the train like before <laughs> they meet that type of stuff but 
I was like, that's my challenge, right? Like that's my challenge to get better at those things. But what it gave me was that creative process that I, I find that that makes me in a sense, you know, like maybe not unique because there's so many people in the world, but it, at least it gives me a different perspective than most people that I meet. And therefore we can have even more meaningful conversations in that. And that, that's my, that's my strength that I bring something to the table. I bring an angle that, that in itself brings something to the table when I'm when I'm learning poker, uh, and I can provide something to the guys that I'm working with that maybe they don't see. So like having my education being different and having my background being different and having the way I learned being different uh, provides a more versatile conversation and gets us to like our end goal which is you know like you want to solve stuff right like you want to figure out like where is this goal and once we have once we all bring different angles to the table we can really land in something that is like both theoretically sound has gone through the artistic progress of the process of uh, looking through like exhausting these different angles then reaffirming that in like hard data and then landing in something that is, you know, like let's call it exploitative because like we're, we're talking about poker, right? So like you have the baseline, which is just the computer, like uh, battling it out against itself and finding that precious baseline. And then you play against humans and, and they're like all over the place. So it's your job to like not get stuck in, in solver land, although it's so important to like tiptoe around that line because once you know where the line is, you always have it's like boxing, you know, like you need good footing in order to like punch, you know, like if you don't have good footing, if you don't have if you're not fast on your feet, then you're never going to be able to land any punch. Like someone's just going to get you. And same thing in poker. So, like that, that line is so important. And that's why we all like, that's why we need those different angles to if to spar against someone that is different from you you know yeah a uh, high level player in my community talks about it he uses a, a boxing metaphor which i think is pretty funny that you use the boxing metaphor too but basically it's like you know gto and the baseline strategies are a lot of times defense right it's him blocking punches playing defensively then finding where the line is where there is an obvious exploit and then attacking, right? Counter-striking based on a strategic deficiency of the opponent that we're playing against. And yeah, I mean, there's a lot of parallels there with poker. It's just that that's what we do. We just wait, you know, we do the best we can. We play defense. We try not to give very much away. And then we see something and we attack it because, you know, we attack it with confidence because we're just very sure that, our opponent is doing something pretty incorrect. Yeah, man. If if you want like the best coaching material I've seen in a in forever, uh, is do you know who Uri Petleg is? He he has a couple of videos on Run at Once. He does this thing. Uh, he has this company called or coaching for profits called Gorilla Poker, and they have a video series called Redline. And man, like the material in itself is so high level uh but he's also funny you know like this guy is this guy is hilarious and the way he 
explain things are in these like type of metaphors you know like breaking it down to the fundamental which in my opinion is like the highest like my view of the highest level of intelligence is when you can take something very complex and then you can break it down for someone that doesn't have that knowledge by using whatever language it is that they relate and understand to so that he can explain something in a that is very complex and very uh, hard to grasp, but does it in a way where it paints a picture in, in your mind. And all of a sudden you can like get that knowledge. And one of the metaphors he's using is like uh, sitting in the crowd and throwing tomatoes at, at the other players. You know, like that's, that's his take on like the, the theoretic, one of his takes on, on uh, how to interpret theory and how to like execute that in practice. And, and that's like a part of his philosophy, you know, but it's so, very visual, right? I think that like these kind of, these kind of stories are what resonate with human beings, the, the metaphors, the stories, you know, it's how we understand and how we navigate our way through our lives. And yeah, like that's been the biggest challenge for me as a, a poker coach and course creator and trainer is relaying complex information in a way that is so simple that people can grasp it very quickly, right? That's, that's a challenge that is enormous and very hard to really even describe for me, just like looking at something and being like, okay, how do I, how do I make this how do I show this visually? How do I create heuristics around it so that people can understand it very, very quickly? I mean, it's just a big challenge. And yeah, I respect that a ton in all instructors just around the world when they can communicate complex topics in a simple way because communicating a complex topic in a complex way, that's easy, right? That's like, okay, I'll just show the output <laughs> of the sim and then I'll just talk about it for an hour, right? Like anybody could do that. Um, it's taking that information and then making it valuable to somebody that you're trying to communicate it to. That's that's a bigger struggle. Um, that's dope. I mean, that's that's the dopeness right there. Like you just and and it's like, yeah. I think I think a good way to do it with is humor. You know, like one of the people, one of the people I respect so much is Dave Chappelle because he talks about these like really tough issues and he like he's like a you know like. He's, he's, he has a good understanding of where the baseline is, you know, like he's, he's such, he's so good with words and he's such a linguist that he can like tiptoe around this line and like know when he's like really like reaching out and like invigorating something or like uh, waking something up in people and, and uh, uh, then like dancing around to that, to that fine line. And, and it's, it's brilliant. You know, like it's, it's, it's like social commentary on the highest level, in my opinion, like listening to these people talk provides this like full perspective of, of, of the issue. And people are really good at that in general, like they like at, the, at doing the opposite, like they really like to give their perspective and they really like to like manifest that they're right and that things are a certain way. And that's just not reality. I mean, like things is infinitely complex and and i think i think that's like uh, so commendable for someone to go out of their way and and to also be funny like you know like to give that tension and ease for you to like really like 
relate to the experience and and to then learn something from it you know come out uh, with a fresh perspective or having thought about pondering something that you didn't feel comfortable pondering or whatever it may be you know it doesn't have to be so serious it can also just be like good fun you know sure and that's the reality of just the world that we live in or and our life experience is that everything is subjective and we apply the label of like capital T truth to just so many things. And then we just think in these binary, yes, good, no, bad, you're an asshole, <laughs> you're a scammer, you're a thief, you're whatever. And, and it's like, you know, there was a thing that happened, I think on Twitter, it involved or on YouTube, Matt Vaughn. Anyway, long story short, Basically, he was playing in a state where he wasn't allowed to play on an account that he wasn't his actual account on Ignition. And he won a tournament for like over 100K and basically got crucified in the YouTube streets for like talking about it publicly. Everybody's like, you deserve to, you don't deserve to win, you deserve to lose. Now, there are a few things in play here. Um, and I, I'm not really. I'm not interested in giving my my specific opinion on the matter just because I know that that's just controversy waiting to happen. But <laughs> first first of all, I would say that like people bring up like that he violated the terms and services of Ignition, right? So, okay, that's a thing. Secondly, Ignition is purely anonymous. So like there's no screen names. There's no historical information. There's no like there, there's no edge to be gained by playing as player number four on somebody else's account. It's all the same. But like, let's look at this thing from like a zoomed out perspective of like, so Ignition breaking their terms and services. First of all, they operate, I believe it's in Brazil. Calvin Iyer can't even come to the United States. He's banned from the United States, right? So like, this is this is the, the foundation of the argument is they're breaking terms and services. Well, even playing on Ignition then if we look at it from that lens, like you shouldn't be playing on Ignition, first of all. And then second of all, these rules are being created by somebody that's not even allowed to come into our country for breaking all the rules. So like how valuable is it to follow all of the Ignition rules or like how compelled should we be? I don't know. But anyway, basically what I'm saying is everything is subjective. And like if you look at things from like a zoomed out perspective, you can start to see kind of the flaws in a lot of folks thinking of like, yeah, Matt, you should have never done that. You're a scammer. <laughs> you, you broke the rules on purpose. And it's like, so I, I don't know. I mean, it, I, 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 I'm more on the side of like, yeah, it sucks that that happened because like you said, you know, like they, that's the way that they run their business. And of course you have these terms of service. And if you, if you get caught doing that, then that's, you know, like the rules are the rules. They have to have some type of regulation set up in order to even run a network in the first place. Sure. So like that thing, that thing is what it is, right? But but the conversation in itself is is really interesting, and I, I you know like crucifying for like if it would have been one thing if you did it maliciously and, and got to got an like unfair edge out of it, you know, right. like taking taking a losing player's account or like whatever, just like getting that edge and having people think he's a fish or whatever. Like okay, then then you're starting to to go into a different territory but like all that's at play here is that you're not allowed to play poker from some states but you can gamble on whatever the hell you like you know like that's fine and right. yeah so you know like i don't think it's it's 
uh, all that more complex and you know like fucking sucks for him to lose 100k that he that he earned yeah i think it it's unfortunate but Anyway, these are just kind of the the philosophical thoughts that I have. It's like, yeah, um, let's think, let's like look at this holistically instead of just like labeling it straight away and just really think about the big picture uh, of the situation at hand. But I think that like you know, for most people who are in the YouTube trolling streets, that's probably just <laughs> not <laughs> not going to uh, not going to happen. Um, you touched on something, and I I think we're gonna. Yeah, well, you touched on something that I, I want to talk about, and then we'll close up shop, which is good because I haven't asked any of the questions that you know you came on to answer, which means we're setting ourselves up very well for you to come back in the near future. But you talked about memory and how you wish you had learned how memory works at an earlier age. And I just wanted to add that memory specifically is, some again, something I've been thinking a lot about. And really, memory is everything. It's how we navigate our lives. It's how we, it's just how we associate feelings with people. And memory really is just everything. And, you know, there's a, I think that like memorize creates a negative connotation in people's brains for some reason, which is kind of funny because like, we kind of memorize all the things like <laughs> all the time. Uh, but like when it's like forced memorization of like poker strategies or something like that, people like really struggle with committing stuff to memory. But anyway, my, my major point was like memory is all we have, like to remember the past and our associations with like who we were, the people that we like, our parents, our friends, childhood experiences growing up. We're no longer those people. I think this is pretty clear. I'm not a six-year-old anymore, yet I remember being six-year-old, six years old. And the way that I feel around my father is based on those memories that I had as a kid. So like, yeah, just understanding how memory works is just so fundamental. It's almost a failing of the system to not, you know, explore memory with young children when it's just such a, an important, pivotal cornerstone of our life experience yeah and i think it's even more of a disservice to put you know young adults and kids in a system that forces them to to learn information in a way that they wouldn't have chose to do themselves you know uh and then not giving them the tools to do it like that that's that's where that's where a rock comes in my shoe right that it's like if you're going to create a system that's like, you can hack the system, right? Like if you want to, if you want to like beat the education system, you just have to get a really fucking good memory. Like you just get a really good memory and be able to like rehearse all these years and, and things and, and places and facts. And, and then you kind of like hack the system. I mean, maybe not to hundred percent, but at least to like 75%, you can, you can just like hack that. Right. And then like there's other things like creative process and writing and that type of thing. But in my opinion, it would be really good to to look at education from from that standpoint and and also to integrate things like how does your mind work? You know, like how do you respond to social media? How do you respond to all these things in our ever-changing, fast-paced world that is like moving around us? You can't ask your parents because hell, we all try to teach our parents to use computers. It's useless. 
right? So it is the education system's um, obligation, uh, responsibility to to kids growing up to catch up with with time and, and give us the tools that we need to, um, I guess, learn our teach ourselves. You know, like most modern educations now, uh, especially if you're working with computer software or anything like that, it just teaches you to like efficiently Googling YouTube. Like all the information is just changing so rapidly that there's no real point for them to teach you like ABC code because that's going to be dated in, in XYZ time, right? So doing them a better one is to teach them how to teach themselves. And when they're done with the education, they're like really, really quick to gather the right type of information, know where to look for it, know how to integrate that, know how to interpret it. You know, like those are skills that transcends time because time is ever like constantly transcending itself. So you can't be stuck in that in that old system. And that's why, you know, we're getting to a point where computer computers are now so powerful that they can hack individuals that doesn't have a firewall you know but if you're taught at an early age to acquire that firewall to see when things are getting thrown at you and understand like how things work and understand perspectives and this type of thing then you're becoming this like very powerful individual that doesn't have to use work the line you know like our education system is still based on like if you look at a classroom it's built like line work you know I was okay. like, why does why does it have to be that way? It's like, I mean, like we all remember that people sitting in class and like it's all lined up, and you're like, oh man, this is so fucking boring, right? Yeah, it's the worst. Instead, uh, just having something that flows and something that is uh, moving and and like uh, that you can move during a class, you know, like actually science backs that up. It works. Like if you if you move around, if you're if you're moving your body, your mind works better. Like, oh, go figure. <laughs> Yeah, who who to thunk it, right? I, I think that like the education system just wants to kind of put everything in just like a nice clean box. And, and what you you mentioned something earlier. You mentioned artistic ability, and to me, like problem solving, critical thinking, figuring things out in a way that is your own. Um, that ought to be incentivized. That ought to be what we strive to teach these children how to do. Just figure out these problems on your own instead of like uh, just doing it in the way that they want you to do it exactly and no other possible way. Because like when we create things on our own, when we solve these problems on our own, it is artistic. It is art. It's an expression of ourselves and our ability to solve these problems. And that should be that that's the highest value uh, of anything in my opinion that humanity does is this art, this expression that like can't be replicated by artificial intelligence, you know, that just, that to me ought to be the number one prize. And I wish that schools would, yeah, give students the latitude to problem solve, figure these things out differently. Because what I think is ultimately pretty funny is that I think that there's a lot that humanity could learn from some of the different ways that kids solve problems. I think that the adults could learn and grow just from like looking at all the different perspectives and how these kids are kind of using their own built-in ingenuity. But yeah, we just don't get that because 
you know, show your work, do it exactly the way you're supposed to do it, or you fail, the incentive is just on, again, like you said, being on an assembly line and cranking out an answer in the exact way that they want you to. Yeah. I mean, like one thing I do for fun is I, I have this awesome park in Vienna that has like an outdoor gym and I always go there and I, you know, like I'm a, I'm a gear guy, right? Like I have all this gear. I have resistance bands. I have skipping ropes. I have TRX bands. I have all this stuff. Right. So I come there and there's a, there's a playground right next to it. And these kids, they're always, you know, like there's a bunch of buff guys. They're like working out and they're like, oh, fuck these kids, right? <laughs> like, uh, but they're always so curious. And so when I go there myself, they come up and like, you know, like they're like these curious little animals and these come up and I'm like, hey, you want to try this? And it's like, you just watch what happens when you like, they, they find the most creative solutions to how to use these things. They love to move around. They have so much energy. And, and like, even last time I just did like a core exercise and I have these four kids that are playing with my tools. I'm like, you guys want to do some core work? And they're like, all right. And they're, they're like playing around and doing like this core exercise. And it felt like, I don't know, it was just the most fun day, you know? Like, so something to, to keep in mind to like play, you know, like it's so important to, to get that, get that play time and to encourage kids also to be healthy. Like, you know, if you can make, make that type of stuff fun for them, they're going to be way better off uh, in the future. So it's like, it's a, it's a good uh, exchange. Absolutely. Of, uh, yeah. Yeah. It's uh you know, they're just kind of waiting for permission to get invited to explore their own curiosity. And I think that like, yeah, we should always be exploring our curiosity as human beings and especially children. Um, well, well, I mean, like, I guess the point is kind of like kids are so eager to try things, right? And if we give them the right set of circumstances to do that, then they will, you know, but give them the boring ass classroom and, and like that shit that everyone is allergic to, like, they're just going to become opposed to it because... It's something that they didn't choose that has been imposed on them and that they have to like abide by these like very arbitrary square rules. That doesn't create like, and, and it, there's no need for it either. Like that's the point. Like if there was a need for just like everyone to be line workers and you just like you hammer out products and that type of stuff, then that's sure. I can see how it's like beneficial for society to create their education that way. But since that's not the case and we're going to be a lot of our work that we do is going to be outsourced to machines. Then how about we change the conversation to like, what can we do to prepare them to be in this different world where maybe, you know, who knows where it's going? Like, is it UBI? Will we have more free time? All this type of stuff. Like what brings us purpose, you know? And, and if we can, if we can teach them to, to do that because from my old school when i see like the people that i went to school with most of them are doing creative jobs like they're creating jewelry uh doing art design music like it's it's just unimaginable like how because i have a bunch of kid, like friends from other schools and they're they're doing more let's say normal things right like they're, they're more in line with that so you really see the impact of having this like free education and what it does is that 
it allows the people that want to be creative to to flourish and, and, and do that. And then not all, like some people are doing math and science and, and, and that thing. But point being that it's just like you become uh, the system that you're in and like the, this notion of like free will is is a bit of illusion. Like you're just a part of your gather experience up until this point. And if you can learn to penetrate your experience and to choose for yourself, you know, if you can, like, instead of veering left, you veer right because you can, that opens up the kind of world that I want to live in, you know, with like individuality and happiness and, and uh, people that are making their own choices and that aren't just following whatever someone else told them, even though they didn't know that they were being told this. Absolutely. I mean, and this is why I love having these conversations with you and also pretty much every single one of the Chasing Poker Greatness guests that come on the show because we all chose a different path than, you know, was expected of us or than our peers chose just by virtue of, you know, playing poker professionally for a living. And I would say that like the way that the school system is set up is most likely what led me to poker because when I graduated high school, I, I was just of the mind that I'm not doing this for four more years. I, I don't know what I want to do. Nothing resonates with me. Um, I, I, don't, I have no idea. And poker, poker was just basically a thing that I could do to express myself creatively, artistically, and explore my curiosity and learn and do things kind of on my own terms. And that's just, I, I wouldn't have it any other way. And yeah, I, I just, I don't know, I guess different strokes for different folks. Maybe there are people out there who love the education system and then also, you know, go deep in academia and, you know, just perform at a high level there. And that makes sense to them and they wouldn't have it any other way. But there also needs to be room for, you know, the creatives, the dreamers, the people that don't want to be in that box to explore and, and figure things out. Um, you know, you mentioned something too about the world changing. It was, a, I read a stat just maybe a month ago where I believe it was like 95% of the jobs that our kindergartners will have when they join the workforce do not exist today, right? And if you really think about that and then think about the pressure that we put on kindergartners to like have it all figured out, what are you going to do with your life? What are you going to grow up to be? And the realization that like 95% of them are going to do something that they can't even imagine because it doesn't even exist yet. And it's like, we need to, we need to be preparing folks to be creative and give them the latitude to just be more resilient and be able to figure out things as adults, you know, just on their own. Yeah. I mean, I, I can't say how much I resonate with that. And I think it's like, that is going to be my my passion in in a in a large sense, and like that's a goal that I'm working towards is to to provide options for people that want them. You know, like teach their own. Everyone everyone get to do their thing, and and I uh, at some at some times I envy people that have uh, they're very like satisfied with with the with the less complex life, but I think like to provide the people with the people that might not have gotten the opportunities and to provide them with that shot to 
do something different or to be right that that it's like if i if i can do that it's not even about like it's not even about getting any recognition for it myself but seeing that happen you know like seeing that unfold would be so uh, incredibly gratifying that that's like yeah how sick how sick to sit at a bar and hear someone talk about something that you like help design or craft and see how that changed their trajectory like to for the better that those those kind of things are like that's worth living for in my opinion yeah absolutely Uh, i have a i have a i have a request actually i don't know if you've had him on uh do you know uh clayton fletcher i have seen him on twitter but like i think we've had conversations about him coming on and then it just kind of fell through the the cracks Oh man, like I, I feel like the two of you would have the most interesting conversations. He uh, he is a fantastic dude. He's one of my really good friends, and you know, shout out to Clayton. He's a just absolutely wonderful human being. You love to be around him, uh, and I think the two of you would have some very interesting conversations. And and I think he brings he brings a very different perspective with. He comes from a very, I think, different background from most people that I met. Uh, he's very, very funny. I mean, you have to be to be a stand-up comedian, but he also he also is kind of a unicorn in in that sphere in itself. And I think also given like the level that he he's his poker plays at, I think I think you can have a conversation that you wouldn't be able to have with almost anyone in the poker world. I think that I think it would be a really great. Uh, podcast and i think you know shout out to clayton you're really dear to me and uh someone that i want to you know like it would be so interesting for me as well to hear that because i would probably get a piece of him that i that i haven't got so far well it's done man it's sealed we'll we'll make the arrangements after our conversation under the assumption that you know clayton wants to come on and have the conversation other than that though from my perspective it's a done deal good Good. If he, if he doesn't want to come on, I'll make it. Don't worry. <laughs> <laughs> um, you you just mentioned changing the you know changing the education system or making upgrades. Uh, we're gonna segue now to the end game. What's a project that you're currently working on that's near and dear to your heart? Uh, I think I think we're in. I think I'm in the early stages of this. So it's, so it's always a little bit like, uh, I generally don't like to talk too much about stuff that I haven't done yet because it's like, um, can I challenge you on this? Because this is something like a lot of my podcast guests say, but like, I I do think that there's power in putting it out there in the world, especially if it's something that like you want to do, you just say it and it makes you know, you're just that much more in it, uh, invested into getting it done. I, I can say I'm I'm already like invested in the idea of it. So I'll what I'll do is that I'll, I'll give you the the premise of what I'm thinking, and and then there's always the side of like uh, the business part of me. This is like okay, I don't want to give away all the goody goodies because sure. that's going to be like what what I'm trying to accomplish, right? But the way I see it is that poker is the sphere where it's like. Um, like almost like a closed loop where it's like it's it's like a microcosmos let's call it you know like it's a smaller cosmos that is very indicative or uh, that is very similar to 
the real world, let's call it, like the rest of the world. Like you have all these small nodes that kind of mimic other functions in the world and it's like uh, evolving rapidly and you have all the aspects of like social, social engineering, uh, different teams, individuals, et cetera, et cetera, stories, right? So the way I see it is that you have all these different needs in poker, but there's no one really filling the gap in creating something that is a holistic, let's call it product. Like, I, you know, I, I don't really like to talk in those terms, but for efficiency, it makes sense. So like providing, or I guess a better way of saying is providing solutions that are scalable, that are in a way helping people to veer the way that they would like to go and make it easy for people to do that. Like that's something that I've always been passionate about. I, I have a mentor in that works in education. Uh, I've learned a lot from him, I learned a lot from people that are educating me. So it's like my ambition is to, once I get to the level where I feel comfortable and confident that I can put something out into the world that kind of gives that back and maybe even better than I've been taught that myself and maybe with doper packaging like if I can if I can do that and scale it in such a way that everyone gets something out of it like no matter what level you're on if you if you make the decision for yourself that you want something different for yourself I think that's like the basic basis of the premise like if you don't want it it's like the courses that we talked about, right? Like you can have 10 courses and but you need to pick it up in order to make it happen. But my end game is that if you pick this course up, it will provide you with something and it will not just be uh, A, B, C, X, Y, C. It will be the whole alphabet. Like you will touch on, all, on a lot of different nodes without being too big or too inconsistent or not being concise enough. But still, provide you with a framework to just like in education, teach yourself, you know, like uh, provide you with the resources that you need to make the changes that will uh, make you a better learner, uh, make you a better person. You know, like I know that's like big and, and kind of uncomfortable for people to want to think about, but at the end of the day, it's like, that, give, that gives a lot of purpose to wake up and feel like, okay, I have to be a better version of myself today than I was yesterday because I now have these things to own up to. Like, that's not a, it's not a bad challenge. You know, like that's something to wake up and be like, fuck yeah, like let's do it. Right. And if I can provide that for people and when they make that, take that step uh, and make it so that they can track it, they can be there, they can show up and do it, they can take a couple of weeks off when they feel like it's too much and then step back into it. Like if I can do something like that, that scales to individuals, teams, and that touches on all the things that are important, you know, like it's not just playing poker, it's not just solving uh, data or like uh, going through data, it's more a holistic view of what poker is and, and how it is moving so you can move with it uh, I think poker is like a really good starting point for that because it is that for microcosmos. I have the knowledge. 
I know how the industry works. I have the connections to to do these type of things and to provide a platform that is essentially just like education, you know, uh, but that doesn't neglect uh, individuals and that doesn't neglect uh, a need for for a more holistic and maybe even spiritual view <laughs> of things, you know, yeah. like maybe maybe you'll maybe you'll get a little bit of that with the package and. and you might be surprised. You might like it. Yeah. Awesome. And I, the reason that I challenge you is, you know, because I respect you so much and I want it, right? Like whatever it is, I, I want to talk about it. I want it to exist in the world in the way that only you could make it. And please, whenever your vision becomes reality, contact me. We'll talk about it and give the, the audience a place to go. And uh, to wrap up, I'll ask you the final question of if the listener wants to learn more about Anton Wig, where can they find you on the World Wide Web? You can go to my Twitter, which is the dubious Anton underscore W-I-G-G at Twitter. Uh, that I think it, that's actually my only like public platform uh, so far. Uh, maybe maybe I'll have more platforms in the future, but for now, Twitter it is. Yeah, just stick with Twitter. It's okay for now. But once once your business gets out there, your product, then then it's you got to be uncomfortable. <laughs> you got to do the shit I that know. you don't want to do. I know, bro. At least at least cut off my fingers and send them out in packages. No problem. There you go. There you go, man. It's been great having you on. We'll do it again in the near future. Thank you for your time and your energy. I'm always very grateful. Likewise, Brad. And you know what to say. Arigato, arigato Thank you very much. Uh, it's been a, it's been a, it's been a really dope conversation. I, you know, like this is this is the shit I live for. Uh, it's really nice to see that there are like-minded people out there like yourself uh, that wants the things that are, you know, my dreams as well. And uh, having this conversation is really like it brings me power and energy, and it brings a fresh perspective as well. And, uh, you know, if we can, and if we can touch a couple of people out there and, and have them feel that as well, then our work is done, right? At least part of it. At least part of it. And, and I'm exactly the same. I, I get energy. It makes my day better. This is, yeah, food for my spirit. And, uh, yeah, we'll just end there. Yeah, that's it. Thanks for listening to Chasing Poker Greatness. You can subscribe on Apple Podcasts or on your favorite podcast app. Go to ChasingPokerGreatness.com to get the newsletter. Join the Greatness Village community, book a coaching session, or dive into the latest data-driven poker courses. Follow the show on Twitter at CPG Podcast.